Hi there, my name's Dave Rivett and welcome to the latest episode of Back in the Day. For the first time I've taken a look at one year's FA Cup competition from the first round to the season's climax, the FA Cup final at Wembley Stadium. This episode I'll be looking at the FA Cup for the season 1967-68. Now, for everyone who's old enough to remember football in the 60s, you will know how big the FA Cup was. Back in 67-68, the League Cup was in its early years and was definitely considered a second-class competition in comparison. I'm an Arsenal supporter, so throughout the decade we were very much a mid-table side, so the FA Cup was the only competition we had any real chance of winning. FA Cup ties were huge. The final itself was, apart from the occasional international match, the only live game of the season every football fan watched. Unlike today, there were no weakened teams taken to the field. Everyone wanted a good FA Cup run. The holders of the FA Cup were Tottenham Hotspur, who defeated Chelsea 2-1 in the first All-London Cup final the previous season. The FA Cup first round proper took place on Saturday the 9th of December 1967. Two matches kicked off on that date but failed to finish. Guildford City must have been disappointed that their match at 4th Division Brentford was, was abandoned due to a snowstorm after 54 minutes, with the non-league side winning 2-1. Another game that didn't make it that far, a blizzard had the Tolor Town versus Mansfield Town match abandoned at half-time, with the Northern League side Tolor holding Mansfield to a goalless half. The first round of the F- FA Cup always throughups with shocks, and this year's was no exception. Guildford City returned to Brentford five days later and got a two-all draw and defeated their league rivals 2-1 the following Monday. Third Division Mansfield returned to Tolor Town the following Wednesday and was soundly beaten 5-1. Cambridge City of the Southern League held Oxford United to two 3-3 draws before knocking them out 1-0 as second replay at Griffin Park. Another non-league success was Macclesfield Town from the Cheshire County League who beat their third division rivals Stockport County 2-1 after a one-all draw. Another Cheshire County League success saw Runcorn beat 4th Division Notts County 1-0. Two other non-league sides also deserve a mention. Southern League side Nuneaton Borough played two goalless draws with Exeter City before losing 1-0 in a third game played at Ashton Gate, home of Bristol City. And we mustn't forget Roy Hope Colliery Welfare, a Wearside League side who narrowly lost 1-0 to 4th Division Workington. There were two high-scoring winners in the third round. Reading beat Aldershot 6-2 and Bradford City thrashed Wrexham 7-1. So, with their non-league giant killers, along with several other non-leaguers who beat fellow non-leaguers, getting through to round two, there is every chance of having one or two non-league sides in the third round draw when all the big guns come in. The second round ties took part on the 6th of January 1968. Sad to say, only one of the non-league sides made it into round three, although three others made it into the third round draw by holding their league rivals to draws in the first tie. West Midland League team Boston United held third division Orient to a one-all draw at home before losing a close one at Brisbane Road 2-1. And Tolor Town, heroes of round one, held high-flying third division side Shrewsbury Town to a one-all draw but succumbed 6-2 in the replay. They would have played Arsenal in round three. Perhaps the closest non-league side to get through were Athenian league side Dagenham, who went to Reading and came away with a 1-1 draw. In the replay, they went down 1-0. The one non-league team to make it into the third round were Macclesfield Town, who beat fellow non-league side Spennymoor Town 2-0 to get the big prize. 
Apart from Shrewsbury's six, there were no other really big scores. Peterborough beat non-league Margaret 4-0 and Bristol Rovers went to Wimbledon and also won by the same score. The third round draw threw up two outstanding ties. Holders Tottenham would travel to Old Trafford to take on top of the table Manchester United and the one remaining non-league side, Macclesfield Town, would travel to London to take on First Division Fulham at Craven Cottage. 63,500 fans crammed into Old Trafford on Saturday the 27th of January and witnessed a great match. Martin Chivers smashed Spurs in front from close range to give the cup holders the lead. United came back strongly and legends George Best and Bobby Cholton turned the game around to give United a 2-1 lead. But the cup holders didn't lie down and Chivers scored a second, which meant a replay at White Hart Lane the following Wednesday. In a tense and exciting match in which Joe Kinney and Brian Kidd were both sent off, Pat Jennings was having a fantastic match in goal for Tottenham. Not for the first time. Late on, Dave Mackay hit the post for Spurs, 0-0 at 90 minutes and into extra time. The game was settled when Scottish winger Jimmy Robertson headed in for Spurs. The holders were through. With hindsight, this might have been a, a blessing in disguise for United. They were in the league championship race right up to the final match of the season and also got to the latter stages of the European Cup. In fact, in May of 1968, they became the first ever English side to lift the trophy with a 4-1 extra-time win over Portuguese champions Benfica at Wembley, a match that anyone who watched it would never forget. Maybe a long FA Cup run would have stretched the United squad a bit too far, something that happened to Leeds United two years later when their possible treble saw them end up with nothing. The match at Craven Cottage was full of incident. The Macclesfield team were waved off by their town mayor and a huge crowd. In the game itself, they gave it everything. They led twice before a highly controversial penalty gave Fulham a second equaliser. England legend Johnny Haynes and Joe Gilroy scored late on to give a relief Fulham a 4-2 victory. No one seemed to know what happened with the penalty decision. The ball was played into the area. Macclesfield keeper Johnny Cook gathered it and everyone turned upfield to carry on with the game. Then all of a sudden, the referee pointed to the spot. By the way, the referee in question was struck off the league list at the end of the season. There was only one other all-first division tie, and that was at Turf Moor between Burnley and West Ham. Frank Casper put Burnley ahead after a quarter of an hour, and Brian Deere equalised eight minutes later. The tie was won with two goals from West Ham's World Cup hero Martin Peters in the second half. The 1964 FA Cup winners were through to the fourth round. There will be no FA Cup glory for the two big northeastern clubs. Both first division outfits were beaten at home by second division teams. Newcastle went down 1-0 to Carlisle United, while Sunderland lost by the same score to Norwich City. Another first division side to lose to a team for Division 2 was Wolves, going down 1-0 at Rotherham. Other performers of note, a 3rd Division Tranmere Rovers 2-1 victory over 2nd Division Huddersfield Town. 3rd Division Reading went to eventual league champions Manchester City, Lee Bell, Summerby and all, and came away with a goalless draw. But unfortunately lost the replay at home 7-0. Same with Shrewsbury Town, who drew 1-0 at home with Arsenal, went down 2-0 at Highbury. 3rd Division Walsall beat 2nd Division Crystal Palace 2-1 at Sellers Park in a replay and 3rd Division Swindon Town beat 2nd Division Blackburn Rovers. Colchester United held West Bromwich Albion to a one-all draw at home but the 3rd Division side succumbed 4-0 at the Hawthorns. 
Similar scenario for third division Bournemouth, who held mighty Liverpool to a goalless draw, but were beaten 4-1 at Anfield in the replay. The third round also had the Battle of Bristol. City and Rovers fought out a nil-nil draw at Ashton Gate, only for City to beat Rovers 2-1 in the replay. In the fourth round, Holders Tottenham, after their epic tussle with Manchester United, easily brushed aside second division Preston North End 3-1 at White Hart Lane. There were four all-first division ties. Championship chasing Manchester City were held 0-0 home to Leicester. In the replay, Leicester triumphed 4-3 in a thriller at Filbert Street. A great achievement for Leicester when you see that in their previous two matches against Manchester City that season, they had been thrashed 4-0 at home and 6-0 away. Coming from 2-0 down, the Foxes dug deep and won through with goals from Rodney Fern, two from Frank Large and a clincher from David Nish. Leeds United squeezed past Nottingham Forest in a tight match 2-1. West Ham defeated their second first division rival away from home when they won 3-0 at Stoke City, with two goals from winger Johnny Sissons and one from Jeff Hurst. They could even afford the luxury of missing a penalty. Hurst kicks crushed against the crossbar. In the remaining all-first division tie, West Brom were held at home one all by Southampton. But in an eventful replay at the Dell, came out on top 3-2 with a goal from Tony Brown and a brace from Jeff Astle. This after goalkeeper John Osborne had to leave the field through injury. Left-back Graham Williams took over between the sticks. Both Sheffield clubs progressed. United beating Blackpool 2-1 and Wednesday easing past Swindon Town by the same score. In an all-second division tie, struggling Rotherham travelled to Villa Park and came away 1-0 winners. Birmingham City squeezed past Orient 1-0. Newcastle's conquerors Carlisle United found Everton too strong and after a plucky display were beaten 2-0 at home. The same fate awaited conquerors of Sunderland, Norwich City, who lost a tight match 1-0 at Stamford Bridge to Chelsea. The scorer, Charlie Cook. But every round has its heroes and the heroes of this round were third division Tranmere Rovers, who went to first division Coventry City and came away with a one-all draw before winning through 2-0 in the replay. Another brave performance was by Plucky Walsall, who held Bill Shankly's Liverpool to a 0-0 draw but went down 5-2 Anfield in the replay. Second division Pauls have knocked out Fulham 1-0 at Fratton Park in a replay after a 0-0 at the Cottage. And over 32,000, a record attendance, crammed into the Vetchfield, hoping to see 4th Division Swansea Town upset Arsenal. But it wasn't to be. The Londoners came away with a 1-0 win thanks to a Bobby Gould header. In the final tie of the round, Battle of Bristol winners Bristol City ended the North East interest in this year's FA Cup when they beat Middlesbrough 2-1 at Ashton Gate after a one-all draw up north. Of the 16 teams who will contest the FA Cup fifth round, 11 will be from the top flight, there will be four from the second division and Tranmere Rovers from Division 3, the only survivors from Round 1. Last year's finalists, holders Tottenham Hotspur and runners-up Chelsea, were also still in the competition. Unlike today, all the fifth round matches took place at the same time, Saturday the 9th of March 1968 at 3 o'clock p.m. The biggest tie of the round was Holders Tottenham at home to Liverpool. After a goal his first half, Jimmy Greaves gave Spurs the lead after 52 minutes, only for Tony Hately to equalise just two minutes later. The following Tuesday, Tottenham's hold of the FA Cup came to an end. 
Uh, scoring legend Roger Hunt gave Liverpool a 1-0 half-time lead, which was increased by a Tommy Smith penalty in the 78th minute. Veteran winger Cliff Jones pulled a goal back with two minutes to go, but Liverpool held on. Also, through were Merseyside rivals Everton, who ended Tramir Rovers' cup run with a 2-0 home win in front of over 60,000 fans. Morrissey and Royal were the goal scorers. The second division sides were finding life pretty tough at this stage. Bristol City went down 2-0 to Leeds United at Ellen Road. Portsmouth went down 2-1 at home to West Bromwich Albion. And Rotherham United went down to Leicester City at Filbur Street after a one-all home draw. The one exception were Birmingham City, who after getting a one-all draw at Highbury, dumped Arsenal out of the cup in a replay at St Andrews, with two goals from ex-Chelsea and England centre-forward Barry Bridges. The two Sheffield sides had different fortunes against London opposition. Wednesday lost 2-0 at Stamford Bridge after a thrilling 2-2 at Hillsborough. The goal scorers Bobby Tambin and Peter Osgood. But Sheffield United went to West Ham and came away with a 2-1 win thanks to two goals from Phil Cliff. Into the quarterfinals with 2nd Division Birmingham City alongside 7 1st Division sides. So, on the 30th of March 1968, the remaining second division side lined up against the remaining London side. It was Birmingham City versus Chelsea. In a tense even match, it was yet another former England centre-forward who settled it. Barry Bridges done Arsenal in the last round, this time a Fred Pickering header in the second half put pay to Chelsea's cup hopes. They were out. In a tense Yorkshire derby, high-flying Leeds overcame first division strugglers Sheffield United with a goal from utility man Paul Madeley. At Filbert Street, Leicester City entertained Everton. Everton were on top early on, and in the 33rd minute, Alan Ball crossed for Jimmy Husband to put the visitors one up. But just before the interval, David Nish equalised. Everton continued to dominate, and just after the hour, Howard Kendall volleyed in from close range. And with 15 minutes to go, Husband scored again. Final score, Leicester City 1, Everton 3. The epic tie of the round was West Bromwich Albion versus Liverpool, who fought out a 0-0 draw at the Hawthorns. The Merseysiders must have thought they were almost there when Tony Haley put them in front after 24 minutes. But that man Astle levelled for the Albion and they held on to take the, to take the game to a third match at Main Road, Manchester. It was Astle again who put Albion in front after only seven minutes, but six minutes from half-time, Haley equalised. The epic was settled by West Bromwich Albion's left-winger Clive Clark in the second half. Albion were through. The semi-final line-up on Saturday the 27th of April 1968 was Everton vs Leeds United at Old Trafford and Birmingham City vs West Bromwich Albion at Villa Park. I think it's fair to say that the two strongest sides in the competition were drawn together. Leeds had been in the title race all season and Everton weren't far away whereas West Bromwich Albion were mid-table and Birmingham City were from the second division. For some time, Everton v Leeds matches, matches have been close affairs and this semi-final was no different. Everton had won the league match 1-0 at Goodison and Leeds had won 2-0 at Ellen Road. Everton will be without their midfield dynamo, Alan Ball, who was suspended. Right from the first whistle, it was a fiery affair. There was a lot of scrappy fouls. Both teams were terrified of losing and were very cautious. Lee started to get on top. West in the Everton goal made a fine save from Cooper. The game looked like a mistake or a moment of brilliance could be the deciding factor. 
Two minutes before the break, Leeds keeper sprayed kick weakly to husband, who lobbed the ball back towards goal. The ball was pre- prevented from going into the net by the hands of Leeds centre-half Jack Cholton. Penalty. Johnny Morrissey stepped up and made no mistake, giving Everton a 1-0 lead at half-time. It was a much better second half for Everton, with keeper Gordon West and centre-half Brian LeBone outstanding, held on to reach their second Wembley FA Cup final in three years. The second semi-final at Villa Park, Villa Park saw midfield rivals Bristol City, sorry, Bristol City, they, they, they wish, Birmingham City and West Bromwich Albion lock horns. It was a game that highlighted the fact you must take your chances. Birmingham City created 12 chances and scored none, while West Bromwich Albion created only four and scored twice. Jeff Astle kept up his record of scoring in every round of this year's competition by giving Albion a 1-0 lead in the first half. Then later in the match, Tony Brown got a clincher. It's Everton versus West Bromwich Albion on Saturday 18th of May 1968 at Wembley. Everton were firm favourites to lift the trophy. Their Wembley form was good. Only two years previously, they had won what was the most exciting FA Cup final of the 1960s when they'd come from two goals down to beat Sheffield Wednesday 3-2. In total contrast, the previous season, West Brom had surrendered a 2-0 lead to lose 3-2 to lose 3-2 to third division Queen's Park Rangers in the first ever Wembley League Cup final. Add to this the season's league results. Everton had won 2-1 at Goodison Park in October and only eight weeks previously across the Albion 6-2 at the Hawthorns. Both sides were in change strips of the final. Everton wore yellow shirts, blue shorts and yellow socks. West Brom were white shorts and and shirts. White shirts and shorts, get that right. White shirts and shorts with red socks. The teams, West Bromwich Albion, Osborne Fraser-Williams, Brown, Talbot, Kay, Lovett, Collard, Astle, Hope and Clark, Everton, West, Wright, Wilson, Kendall, LeBone, Harvey, Husband, Ball, Royal, Hurst and Morrissey. Right, got to be honest, the game was not a classic. In a dull first half, there were few chances. It was tense, but with not much goal mouth action. The second half of Allen Ball tireless in midfield saw Heverson have a good period of play, but Osborne in the Albion goal was having a fine, if unspectacular, match. So into extra time, and the match was won after three minutes by who else? The man who had scored in every round of this season's competition, Albion centre-forward Jeff Astle. His first shot was blocked by a defender, but he hit the rebound powerfully into the top corner. Everton huffed and puffed to no avail. Final score, West Bromwich Albion 1, Everton 0. A couple of interesting facts about the 1968 FA Cup final. This was the first FA Cup final to be televised in colour and not black and white. And the first ever FA Cup final in which a substitute was used when Dennis Clark replaced John Kay for the Albion. I'm disappointed if Roy Hope Colliery Welfare didn't quite make it to Wembley, but who knows, one day. Okay, that's it for this episode. Uh, thanks for listening. There is a Back in the Day podcast page on Facebook. If you have any comments about this or any other episode, feel free to leave them there. See you next time. Bye.